Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Larry Kim here and welcome back to the Grow Your Influence Tree Show. In this episode, we'll explore how to transform the lives of others by using your own personal story of challenges faced and overcome for yourself and one of others. Um, how to become a thought leader and also an authority in the process. Uh, today we're here with Yuri uh, Kruman. Uh, Yuri, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself? Hi Leonard, first of all, thank you very much for having me on. It's really great to be here. Just by way of introduction, um, I do several things. Uh, first among them is uh, training uh, the Fortune 500 on uh, HR, hiring people culture around millennials. It's a kind of a pressing subject these days. And um, on the one-on-one level uh, with uh, mid-career millennial executives, I help to coach them to go from the Fortune 500 uh, to tech, for example. And I also help uh, the same group of people, millennials, to start their first side business. Nice. Sounds like you're being you're doing a lot of different things here. So um, today, what we're going to be really discussing and getting a deep dive into is uh, how to really go out there and create influence and transform lives by leveraging your story. Uh, what What do you think are some of the best tips, or why do you think people should be doing this? Well, you know, in, in our age, I believe that influence is really the best currency in a way, because even if you're not getting you know, paid up front necessarily, your influence is something that uh, pays dividends down the road, whether that means through your contributions in writing or being able to get your message out there um, to a wider audience, writing a book, creating courses, you know, helping people one-on-one, whatever whatever way that may be. But essentially, for those of us that have a very specific message, usually because of our story, usually because of challenges we overcome, a lot of us get to a point in life where we're no longer happy working for somebody else and helping them with their life mission. We realize that each of us has a particular life mission to help others, to help better the human condition in some particular way. And that indeed is is my story, and that's the way that I've gotten where I am by getting influence and leveraging my message. So by creating influence, what you were basically doing is you're buying currency for the future of your life. That's exactly right. Kind of like, it's kind of like investing in like a 401k or something like that where you're stacking up the chips. So when it comes time for your next venture, next phase in life, you have a safety net to fall back on. Is, is that safe to say? I don't know if it's a safety net in the conventional sense because it doesn't obviously translate into a dollar savings or Bitcoin savings or what have you, but it certainly is the the most important thing when you go and try to change people's lives, add value to their lives, and of course capture some for yourself. So it's it's an investment with untold potential, it's limitless potential, but at the same time it's it's very much forward looking. So you can't always quantify it in, in the present term, but in the future, it's it's the single most valuable thing, I believe. How long have you been building your influence for? Um, well, I started out as a, kind of a lowly blogger, um, a website called uh, Blueprint to Thrive, 
Um, and um, at some point, you know, I'm just sort of writing and posting things and no traction. And uh, I got to a point where one day um, someone who knows me says, listen, I, I know an editor um, at uh, Money Magazine, a friend of mine. So I pitched the guy, he takes my article. Next thing I know, <laughs> on my first try, it goes on uh, money.com. It's the number one story for a whole day. That was kind of a you know, shocking thing. Like, how is this possible? But it gives oh, me nice. a taste of what it's like. You know, when I, I really wrote that piece to help others, right? I showed mm-hmm. them that if you create certain habits in your life, you can really improve not just your outlook, but, you know, your actual career and life and, and business. And uh, that really went wild. So that got, gave me the first taste of, um, you know, what it's like to have influence on other people. And I started writing for uh, Quora and Lifehack.org and a whole bunch of other things. And then piece, uh, 50 essentially mini habits to improve your life that got picked up by uh, Inc. Magazine through Quora and also PBS and eventually got into Forbes and, you know, other places. So really for me, given what I do now that I'm clear after four career changes on who I am and what my mission is here, you know, for me, that is by far the best way to get the message out as to, you know, how people can figure out their life mission and uh, find exactly what is their dream job, create an action plan, start a business, get into top publications, all those kinds of things. Awesome. So how long ago do you think that was when you first started up that blog? The blog started out, I believe, um, 2012 or 2013. Oh, nice. Cool. And now you're doing exactly what you want to be doing. You're earning good money and everything's pretty much set, right? (laughs) <laughs> no, of course, it's not always said. Um, you know, I'm always a work in progress, as is my business, and getting my message out to a larger crowd. You know, it's everything is always a work in progress. And I think we talk a lot, uh, you know, in entrepreneur circles about leveling up. So for me, it's very much about, okay, I made it to this level. Now, where do I need to go within this level to get to the next one? All right, so it's not just about chasing revenue. It's not just about chasing, you know, uh, where you get published, but it's it's really about leveraging your time and, and making sure that you can help as many people as possible because that's, that's really what this is about. This isn't just about, um, you know, getting published or hitting certain milestones. Those come by themselves when you focus on the right things, which is helping others. Exactly. Nice. So if you... Can you share an example, like one of the stories that you made that, or like maybe some of the details inside that money article, that first thing that really went out there and became viral, so others can see like what kind of components really like make uh, something stand out, and like maybe like how that helpful message is communicated, so um, listeners could really get a feel for like what type of content that they should be creating. Sure. Um, well, when when we look at the entire landscape of um, content, you know, it's it's not always clear what goes viral, but usually it's something that is a story which starts very low and ends very high, right? So it's a story of uh, redemption. <coughs> Excuse me. It's a story of uh, going through upheaval and then figuring it out. And, um, you know, you always have a million listicles, you know, uh, uh, eight tips to, you know, fund your business or whatever, right? So, mm-hmm. There's a formula to how publishers approach this. If you look at Inc., Entrepreneur, Forbes, a lot of other magazines, they have that kind of formula, that it's a quick, digestible list of 
tips, tricks, strategies, whatever it is, to get a certain result, usually solving a small problem. So, you know, I would say that that's usually something that has greater potential to go viral than just something that, you know, is a basic explainer. But again, you don't always know, right? Other times, you have uh, much longer form stories, um, you know, really going in depth about someone's life and experience and whatever. Sometimes that goes viral. So I don't know that there's one specific formula that always works, but before you try to get your content out, you should research what are the most viewed, the most shared kinds of in your particular particular industry or corner of the internet. And for me, yeah, that was one of the things that, that propelled me to, to figure out, um, you know, what's going to do well on Quora, Inc. and uh, money.com. So do you have, like, any tips to go out there and figure out, like, what kind of content performs well already? Yeah, I think uh, it's, not, it's not actually rocket science. What you can do is go to these websites, to the main page, whether Forbes Entrepreneur, Inc., Fast Company, etc., and look at the most shared and most viewed articles, right? And you can do the same on Quora. Look at the threads that are uh, most followed, right? So for me, a formula that was very quick on Quora, I'm going to answer questions that have a ton of followers, at least, let's say, you know, 30 or 40. And the more, the merrier. Yes, they have 100 answers, but I'll read through a lot of them and, and see what they're missing and add that add a picture, add a listicle, right? Because it's always, it's always uh, looking at the average attention span of, you know, the average reader. And that's going to be, you know, one or two minutes, maybe three, four, unless they're really in love with long-form stuff, right? And they need a quick list of things. You know, how do I get this quick, small result? Okay, mm-hmm. and that's, that's usually what gets read. That's, that's what gets shared uh, quickly, widely, and you know that's that's a well tried and working formula, but I don't know that there's you know the subject matter isn't always here. Usually, it's something that has to do with uh, habits or routine or you know something that's linked to a celebrity. Those kinds of things do well. So usually, things that go well are things that are linked to like celebrities, things that are linked to like um, habits, routines. Like that's what you've seen usually do uh, better than other things. Yeah, that's that's kind of the basic level, right? If you want something to do well and you're just starting out, and let's say you're writing for uh, Life Hack or I don't know, there are a lot of kind of second and third tier. Uh, blogs that or Thrive Global, for example, that's pretty easy to get into. Um, for example, if uh, you just go onto Medium and go to Thrive Global, I think you can pretty much get on. I don't. I don't think there's much of a threshold for getting in there. And uh, you know, you basically start start on the lower levels, produce as much content as you can, just see what really works. Like on, on Lifehack, you know, they have uh, probably I don't know tens, maybe a hundred articles a day that come out, and you you quickly start seeing what are the articles that are doing really well. Things about relationships, for example, um, you know, etc. I mean, you really have to look for each site as to what does well there. So it's, it's a bit of a science to it. You need to do some digging and research, but the answers are all there. 
Cool. So one way you could really go out there and figure out exactly how to figure out what kind of content does well is by going through and searching different topics and different websites, like going on Forbes and looking at all the different um, content, much like Yuri said. Another thing that you could also do to see what kind of content does well is there's a tool with a website called BuzzSumo. Uh, what they do is they analyze over 100 million different headliners. And what you could do in there is just type in a simple word in their search box. Like let's say you want to search for a topic and you want to write something within technology. They'll show you what are the most shared articles on technology out there. So you could use that tool to determine what exact topic or what exact angle you should take with your um, technology article approach. Now, you don't want to go in and copy it exactly because that would be um, plagiarism, which is bad. But you might want get some inspiration there on how to craft your headliner and figure out what angle you want to take for your approach as well. Um, as, Yuri said, uh, as Yuri said, a lot of things that you could really do to go out there and create great content that really has a chance to go viral is either taking a celebrity approach or the habits or the routine approach. Um, some other things that you could do as well to really go out there and <clears throat> create viral content is structure your message in a very unique way. Uh, one of the things that Yuri discussed is structuring your message where you're starting at the bottom and that's kind of escalating up and it's like a little hero's journey at the end. Sometimes that content does pretty well and sometimes it goes very viral too. Now, another thing you could do for that is you can make it a bit rocky, kind of like what real life looks like. If you've ever experienced anything in real life, life's much more like a roller coaster where you're going up one day, down the other, and you're constantly at battle going up and down and up and down. If you could create your story to have those turmoils where you're going up and down, you don't have to end at a happy ending. You could just share the story as it is, and it has the same chance of virality as a story with the upward arrow. Um, another thing that Yuri mentioned is taking like habits and advice and things like that and providing that. Uh, one thing that I really like to do when I structure out my, uh, like, let's say these are the 10 things you need to do to get in shape. The first thing, like, let's say it's a listicle, right? Uh, let's say one's do jumping jacks. Uh, for one, do jumping jacks. Now, what you would want to do with the next line is go jumping jacks are an essential part of blah, blah, blah. Um, and um, you should say, and then after that, you should find two pieces of research that back why jumping jacks are great. Uh, so uh, now this is where you have to really take the time into crafting your article because finding credible sources, especially if you're in the fitness field, takes a really long time. And you have to find two different ones because one, if you have one, it can just be a fluke and maybe what you're saying is right, maybe it's wrong, but if you have two, then it's a confirmed method of how it actually works. Then what you want to do next is you want to take um, your celebrity angle and tie in the celebrity into that as well. Like let's say Beyonce does jumping jacks every single morning. If you could tie in that Beyonce is doing it, everyone wants a body like Beyonce, right? So you get that next element and you tie it back in. And then what you do next is you tell the... Uh, all right, first, you, then you tie it into how you do jumping jacks and your normal routine. So you can make it personable and show that you're the expert at that too because you're showing how you're utilizing that tactic. Then what you do is you end it with, this is how you could go out there and do jumping jacks. You could do that by maybe waking up five minutes earlier and doing jumping jacks before you put on your clothes or brush your teeth in the morning. And by going with that outline, you're basically covering all the topics that you need to really have a higher probability of going out and creating a viral article.
Yep. So there's definitely a science of, you mentioned a couple of these ideas, but really you can take, let's say, a really common subject, you know, uh, 10 tips for entrepreneurs to grow their business. And you uh-huh. can do something that's controversial or unusual, right? Something that's kind of a plot twist. It's really oh, plot twists work great too. Topic. Like, if someone's expecting you to say, oh, go out there uh, to build a successful business, you have to raise money, you have to go out there and build a team, you have to go out there and have passion. And if you're taking the completely opposite approach and you're like, you don't need to raise money, you could do it by yourself. And who needs passion? You just need to find this. Like, people are like, what? This is new. This is is unique. And it grabs the attention and people start sharing that as well. Um, what we're going to do now is we're going to hop off to a quick commercial break, and we'll be back soon after that. Uh, you can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on at Twitter. Uh, where can you find you, Yuri? I'm at uh, Master the Talk on Twitter and MasterTheTalk.com otherwise. Perfect. Sounds good. And we'll be back after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel hear the stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, it's Leonard Kim back here again and with Yuri. Uh, Yuri's going to actually go over in this segment of the... of the interview, what we're going to be doing is going over his his story of how he got to where he is today. So you can really see the outline of what kind of twists and turmoils go into a story. So when you're going out there and creating your own personal story, you have a foundation to go off of. Uh, Yuri, why don't you share your story with us for the next few minutes? Sure. So I just want to bookend this very briefly by saying that this is the the first approach I take to all contact with potential clients and actual clients, right? I get them to tell their story because most people don't realize that's where the real value is in 
when they're in business or their career. And I also want to mention that one of the most inspiring stories that I've read, in fact, is your own story, Leonard. Um, I read uh, on your website your whole journey, and I think it's, I mean, it's incredibly inspiring. So I just I want to salute you for writing it down, and I think inspiring quite a lot of people. Now, well, thank about you. My You're so story, kind. Really? No, I really mean that. Thank you. So, um, just to start, um, I was born in uh, Moscow, 1983, and uh, when I was nine, we came to the U.S. I grew up in Kentucky, and um, you know, when I was 17, 18, uh, pretty much everybody wants to get get the hell out because it's a relatively small town. Even though I really enjoyed growing up here, so I went to school in Philadelphia. And uh, in college, I studied uh, anthropology and neuroscience and a lot of subjects on my own, like uh, film, for example, and then music and so on. Um, so when I, when I was in college, the whole idea was, you know, I was inspired by my grandfather, who was a doctor. You know, and he went and did things like uh, fight the plague in Kazakhstan in the early 40s. And uh, he did all kinds of incredible things. So for me, he was my greatest role model outside of my mom, who was a PhD in neuroscience. So um, when I'm in college, I'm pre-med, and I'm, I'm really suffering. The first two and a half years, I just absolutely hated it uh, because, you know, I learn in layers. So for me, it's not just about cram everything in one year and, you know, take it out the other when I'm done. It's about really understanding mm-hmm. how things work on multiple levels. And then the integral knowledge is much more, much more interesting. So I go through the first two and a half years. I'm pre-med. My grades are terrible. Actually, I'm supposed to go study abroad um, in Spain, and then I break my arm at the end of the semester. My grades go uh, even lower. You know, being uh, from an immigrant family, this is just absolute disgrace. And uh, then, okay, clearly I'm not going into, um, you know, I'm not going to become an MD, but you know what, Um, at least I'm going to go do neuroscience because, you know, my mom is a PhD in it. I've done research in it. So I end up after undergrad, uh, going to a PhD program at NYU in neuroscience. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm there for the first uh, year, and that's the point where I actually became pretty depressed because I was clearly not doing what I enjoyed. And I started my first company. I started my first startup. It's actually pretty funny. It was called uh, it was a, the first Jewish social network, and I called it uh, JuicyJews.com. I love the T-shirts. <laughs> That's pretty cool. hilarious. So, you know, I was miserable in grad school, but I loved doing my own company. So basically, I was the first global group on Facebook. It was under the, um, you know, name of Judah the Maccabee, who was the hero of Hanukkah, whatever, quick background. And, um, you know, the, I launched the site, uh, whatever, 15,000 members that I had as my friends on Facebook in that profile, and it crashed. And it was just not well built. I had no idea about, you know, product management or anything else. So it failed, but I, I, I loved building something on my own. Mm-hmm. So then, okay, I need a grad degree. I'm still the same uh, immigrant, and I still need to you know, show, show my medal. So I go to law school. <laughs> Don't do it, kids. Don't go to law school unless you really, <laughs> really want to be a lawyer and they want to be automated when you graduate. But anyways, so um, I'm in law school. I'm doing all kinds of internships. Uh, there's legal consulting. There's... Uh, insurance defense litigation, <coughs> all kinds of different things that I really couldn't stand. Basically, a lot of document review. And I worked in a, in a hedge fund. I actually had a kind of an internship. <coughs> Excuse 
excuse me, I had an internship at a hedge fund. I just offered my hands in a brain, sent that to my network of uh, friends. One worked in this hedge fund, and she said, sure, we could use an intern. So I helped them with their legal compliance. And, of course, while I'm there, the markets go south. This is uh, fall of 2008. And uh, quickly I realized, okay, uh, <laughs> the legal market is not going to be a, you know, a pretty picture when I graduate. Mm-hmm. So um, within a few months, um, I realized I'm going to just go into finance to, to make a living. And in finance, a lot of the time, what you do is, you know, you make wealthy people wealthier, which, you know, is okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but wasn't really my life mission. I wasn't connected to it. So while I'm working at a bank, um, actually Occupy Wall Street was taking place across the street from my office. Funny uh, enough, and um, at that time, I decided uh, after my friend approached me who was a health tech investor, he's like, look, I want to build a health insurance company uh, based on a consumer-centric model. So we want to build a tech company around health insurance. And we went for it. We couldn't really raise enough money. We need about 5 to $10 million at the table. So, you know, unfortunately, it didn't work out. But I got into health tech. Um, I got into startups. So finally, I was doing something that was kind of more my speed, something that was connected to healthcare, which I, if, you, if you're starting to see, it came back full circle. Yeah. When I was a kid, I would get stopped in the street and people would tell me their life story. And I would always think about my health because I had a kind of you know, weak stomach. I always had to think about what I'm eating and so it's not too acidic, etc. So for me, <clears throat> coming back to that, meaning I want to heal, I wanted to be a doctor to begin with, and um, I like listening, and I like giving people advice. So I was always naturally a coach. That was always part of my personality. Mm-hmm. And kind of the two superpowers that I've always had, if I may call it that, are language and psychology. Right? I've always tried to understand not just the actual language, meaning Russian, Italian, whatever, but let's say a particular audience. So investors speak a particular kind of language. They really care about certain kinds of metrics and about the team and about the market and et cetera, et cetera, right? <clears throat> if you want to get investment from investors, you need to speak their language. You need to understand how they think so that yeah. you can give them the message that will cause them to write a check, right? So ultimately, you know, after I got into startups, that was much more my thing, but I also realized just in terms of arrangement, I don't really want to work for other people because I'm working for peanuts you know, for early stage startups, that's what happens. And then your equity is very likely not going to be worth much because the startup probably won't go anywhere. Very high chance. Or anything. So, you know, so <laughs> eventually I realized, <laughs> I realized that, you know what, I, I'd rather work with startups on my own terms, meaning get paid up front. And uh, I also realized that I had a formula on my hands for changing careers, right? Because I'd done that from neuroscience to law, law to finance, finance to startups. And then, of course, now I do my own thing. So I realized, based on my two greatest strengths, language and psychology, that there's a formula. Right? How do you tell your story in a way that is relevant for each particular audience so that you create opportunity for yourself with that audience? Right? So hmm. even if you're, you know, remember, I, I did those four changes each time with zero experience and with zero connections. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't have any uh, magic potions here, right? It really is based on what I say and how I think. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the, the formula that I teach to my clients. And it's, it's, you know, the, the actual wording, the actual mindset is different for 
people, let's say, going from finance to tech or people that are leaving finance to do their own companies, right? And they want to get uh, talented people to come work with them and to get great advisors and, of course, to get investors to invest. Right? So each of those interactions has a certain tempo and timbre and, and, you know, you have to convey a certain body language to that audience in order for them to give you the opportunity or the money, the time, whatever it is that you're asking from them. So mm-hmm. going back, really, you know, my story, my story is pretty crazy. I didn't mention this, but graduating from law school during the recession with a quarter million dollars in debt, living in New York City, I, I met my wife when I really, <laughs> excuse me, I didn't have a place to live. I was between two friends' couches. And, um, you know, basically living in New York and having a kid, uh, being out of work for months at a time between projects like that, being depressed when things really weren't going well. And you can imagine a lot of disappointment from my mom, you know, because I, I, I didn't become a neuroscientist and et cetera, et cetera. So it took me a very, very long and tortuous path to get to where I am today, where I'm really clear on who I am and what is my mission, what are my values, you know, what are the outcomes that I enjoy bringing to other people, right? How do I like improving the human condition for others? What is my particular way? And then the last piece is role, right? What, what is my natural role in any situation or organization, not just my title, right? Okay, I'm a CEO or I'm a Forbes contributor or whatever. It doesn't matter, right? My role is bringing things together from different uh, fields and, and so on and so forth to help people gain clarity on, on their mm-hmm. career, their business, mindset, etc. So that's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, the, the story of each person is so specific that even my name, my name in Hebrew is Uri, it means light of God, right? So think about what I just said, right? My mission here is to bring clarity, Right, is to bring light to other people. So yeah. even even on that very granular level, each person has a very very specific mission that they're here to do, and, and that's for, why for me the power of story is really supreme. It doesn't matter how how low you go, how many detours, you know, how many mistakes you make. That doesn't matter because you can always make the best of it. You can always take things that you shouldn't do just as much as things you should do. So if, you're, if your job doesn't work out, you know, with a startup or a Fortune 500 company, you have to take the good with the bad, right? You learn what you need to do differently when you do your own company or when you are a leader yourself, right? Yeah. So everything that you're given in life, all the difficulties, you can handle. That's based on how you process information, how you make decisions, how quickly you learn, and how well you take the learnings of others who've been through the same thing and come out successful. Nice. Yeah, there's so many different components to that. And I I really appreciate you sharing your story and your struggle, especially since you had to go and struggle and be in like 250 grand in debt while living on the sofa and having a kid. I mean, I, I... I don't know what I do in that situation, especially since you can't like get rid of student loan debt. There's only one way to get rid of it, and that's to pay it. 
uh, make more <laughs> days out. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, you're stuck with that for life. So, I mean, it's yeah. like, um, yeah, I mean, for you to recover out of a situation like that and find clarity into figuring out exactly what you're doing as opposed to just the title, I mean, that's quite impressive. And well, if sure. you're listening... If you're listening, what what this basically does is if you kind of break this down into little elements, you can see where Yuri started with the story. You can see how he tied in the journey. You can see his ups, his downs, his struggles. And you can really see how he revealed into where he is today and the lessons that were learned. So basically, you could kind of break that down and try to like look at it more from a scientific outlook instead of just the storyline uh-huh. itself. Like play this over and over and over again and be like, okay, this is what you talked about first. This is what you talked about next. This is what you talked about next. And start to structure it together. Then try to work on your story and go out there and figure out how... What scares you? Where are you scared to talk about? Where are you embarrassed to talk about? Where are those dark moments of fear that you've had that you don't want to share with anyone else? Look at how you could incorporate those pieces into your story. Because, sure, you may feel that people judge you, mock you, ridicule you, or something else. Because, yeah, I'm sure that when you were 250 grand in debt and sleeping on sofas, at the time, you felt very embarrassed about that, right? Absolutely. And you're still you're sharing it today, and you don't have that same sense of embarrassment about it, right? Not at all. And there's several reasons. I'd love to just share this because I think it's one of the most important pieces of the journey. And mm-hmm. so, you know, of course, you can replay it and, and structure your own story as the hero's journey. I think that's that's always what people respond to, right? You you started high, you went really low, then you went back up, and you have redemption, right? Actually, that's kind of the a prototypically American story of redemption, right? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you look at some of the greatest heroes, I just watched the movie about uh, Ray Kroc, right? It's exactly that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I think one of the most important pieces for moving on from deep failure and embarrassment and all of that is, number one, seeing yourself as not unique. You're not a special butterfly. You know, thousands, millions, etc. of people have been through similar things, even worse, and still come out just fine and better. Right, so that's the number one thing to understand, that you are capable of solving your own problems. God, you know, if you, if you believe in a God, then you know, I certainly believe that God gives you all the tools you need to solve your own problems. And that's, that's the first thing. Secondly, you need to have people around you that love you unconditionally, meaning not for your degrees, not for your, I don't know, Forbes publication, <laughs> although who would, who would be like that? Um, you know, you really, <laughs> no, no one you loves need, you for Forbes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? You, you need to have people yeah. around you that really want you to do well, regardless of anything else. So you can't have people around that drain your energy, that are jealous and envious and put you down because that in some ways is even worse than going through that difficulty on your own. Right? If you have people around you that don't believe in you, that, that really, I don't know, they, they're not in it long term. Right? And if, if unfortunately, I, I lost uh, one of my uh, best friends. He's not really you know, nearly as close a friend anymore. When he comes to me you know, not too long ago and he says, oh, what now? You're a millennial expert. What is this now? You know? And I'm like, okay, and that's, it's sad to see that, but I, gotta, I have to cut this person out of my life because... And I noticed immediately within a few days and weeks, uh, you know, my business started getting much better. 
maybe it's because, you know, people heard something in my voice when I'm talking to them, trying to close them. You know, um, a lot of opportunities came out. Even my marriage improved, believe it or not. Hmm. Just from that one extremely difficult act of cutting someone out of my life who didn't deserve to be there. And that's, that's very difficult, but most people fail to do this. And they, they can't get out of their own rut because they don't see the value in their own story and, and what they're meant to go through. So it's very important for each person to really see the value in their struggles, in their stories, to learn as much as they can and just understand that every person's mission is unique. You don't need to look at anybody else, not left, not right, not your colleagues, not your friends, not parents, not siblings, God bless them. It doesn't matter what they've been through for you. You need to learn your own lessons. You need to go through things, through things on your own. That's how you learn. That's how you get better. That's how you figure out your life mission. That's how you pursue it, monetize it, become the best at it, whatever it is. I don't care if it's helping old ladies cross the street. You're the best at it because you love it. You love hearing their stories or whatever. Okay? That's how the theme comes in everything else. That's, that's the key insight. It doesn't have to be sexy or prestigious or whatever else for other people. It has to be for you. You have to feel it. Nobody can, you know, nobody can tell you what that is until you do the hard work. And I've mentioned the four pillars of, of my methodology, life mission, values, outcomes, and role. If you have a handle on those four things, you're pretty much unstoppable. And the two, two others I want to mention briefly, one is negative scripts, right? The limiting beliefs you have in your head, you know, often from childhood or family relationships or maybe jobs where you got fired or whatever it is, right? You need to write those down, write them out with a pen on paper and maybe burn the paper. Have a moment of catharsis. Get it out of your system. And then also look back in your childhood before about, let's say, the middle of high school when you're really idealistic, you really want to do something you know, just because it's amazing, you, you feel something uh, essential in it, right? For me, that was doing medicine. And I ended up doing things that are medicine-like, meaning consulting and <clears throat> healing and, and really giving, uh, doing diagnosis and doing investigation, which are all part of medicine. So it's interesting if you look back at your life in, as a kid, how you made decisions, how you processed information, what kinds of games did you play? Is it role-playing games or strategy or word games? You know, who were your mentors? What kinds of books did you read? Those are very, very good guides to who you are as a human. With, with the feathers, with the flaws, with, with all the problems, the mistakes, all of that. And in the end, you have to forgive yourself. Forgive yourself and, and all you have to do is try your best. That's it. That's the best you can do. But it's only related to your own potential. It's not related to anybody's view of you. It's not related to what anybody else is doing, how they're doing it. You have to follow your own path. Your only relevant measurement is against your own potential. So to follow your own path, you have to find all your shortcomings, all the things you're embarrassed about, all the bad things that happened in your life, light it on fire and wash it away. Then go out there and <clears throat> what was the second one again? To go out there and um, you have to was, establish what your values are, right? 
what, establish what really your values are you? and look back onto high school and to uh, what you did that you were passionate about, then you really have to move into forgiving yourself. And that's what's really going to separate you from the rest of the people out there and move you into the right track forward. Um, we're about to hop into another commercial break. You can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter. And Yuri, where can you find you? Uh, Twitter is at MasterTheTalk, and uh, my website is MasterTheTalk.com. Perfect, and we'll see you soon. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hi, everyone. Leonard Kim back here with Yuri Kruman once again. In the last segment, what we really did is went over how to go out there and design your own personal story. And Yuri gave an example of his own. And in the segment before that, what we really did is we discussed like why it's so important to go out there and create content, how to build influence and whatnot. And in this segment, what we're going to be covering is how to go out there and really build a consultancy. Let's say you were in a situation like Yuri where you ran $250,000 in uh, college loan debt or if you were like me, like sleeping without electricity, taking showers in the dark, then going to live on the sofa. If you're in any of these types of situations and you're like, oh, I need to get out. I really need to go do something. One of the things that you can do is build a consultancy and Yuri's going to share exactly how to go out there and do that. Okay, great. Thank you. So You're welcome. The first, There's a lot of pressure now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, um, So the first thing to understand about your story. So once you go through the four pillars and the founding stories and negative scripts, you should have a much greater handle on who you are and what your mission is here, what you're meant to do. And that dovetails into outcomes, which I mentioned, which is your particular way of helping improve the human condition. Okay. So once you figure that out, you know, you've been through your particular things, uh, your particular challenges, whether they're um, academic or career or business or, you know, whatever life experience. 
right? What you need to understand is, whereas in the past, um, in, in you know the pre-internet era, everything was based on your degrees, qualifications, achievements. It was all about the years of experience that you've accumulated. In our age, especially, you know, I would say for millennials, this paradigm is completely shifted. Right? So in, in our time, all you have to do is be essentially two steps ahead of someone else going through a similar journey. And you are then more than eminently qualified to help others. Now, the way for you to do that is to start just helping, helping others. It could be writing on Quora. Maybe, you know, like in my case, your response might get picked up on Inc. and PBS and whatever, or it might not. It doesn't matter. But you need to go and tangibly help people through a structured program. Okay, so you can't just go and say, here, read my 50 tips and you'll be magically transformed. No, that doesn't work. People don't pay you because of your brilliance. They pay you because you deliver results. Results are all that matters. So if you're able to deliver results without degrees and years of experience, God bless you. Go do it. Go charge a lot of money for it, actually. Right? So you need to start with looking back through your history, right? It doesn't have to be a long time um, before where you are now. Whom did you help? First of all, how did you help yourself? Number one. So how did you get through a really tough challenge? How did you go through uh, job loss? How did you transition careers? How did you pivot your business from a failing enterprise to, you know, a a uh, VC-backed startup two years later? Whatever it is, take elements of your hero's journey and see the points where you change something about yourself, your mindset, your language, uh, your network, your, uh, you know, net worth, your learnings, so something about a process that you underwent and all the different elements of that process that you can replicate for others. When you figure out what that process is, you need to create a curriculum for a program. You need to go out and just tell people. It doesn't mean you do it for free. You charge something. You need testimonials and reviews in the beginning, that's the lifeblood of any consulting or coaching business. It's all about whom you've helped and their feedback. And it's even better if they can record a video, let's say, or at the very least, write something you can use maybe on LinkedIn, on your website, different platforms, and just go out and find the places where others like you are hanging out, meaning, let's say, uh, platforms. So in my case, I'm a career coach. I started out on a place called The Muse, which is you know, maybe the preeminent millennial career portal, okay? Mm-hmm. So I became a coach on there within a few months of deciding to do this full-time. I brought in several testimonials and reviews from, um, you know, people that I really helped, including, funny enough, it's a full circle, I helped a friend of mine um, who applied and uh, got a job offer from the Muse. I helped him negotiate a higher starting salary there. And I didn't charge him for it, but I said, can you help me get it on the platform? And she was very nice to help me. So with a few reviews, with a few testimonials, you start working with clients. You have to be in a place where they can find you. So the Muse or it might be Numi, which is a very popular uh, coaching platform. You know, if you're doing uh, business consulting, for example, they need to be on uh, all the different uh, business consulting platforms like, uh, I don't know, uh, TopTal, uh, Gerson Lerman. I mean, you name it. I have a whole list. 
and you need to be where other practitioners are. You need to learn from the best in terms of methodology, in terms of sales, in terms of marketing, in terms of just best practices all around. How do you keep costs down? How do you maximize revenue? What is the sales process that you need to take somebody through? What is, what is a small problem you need to help a potential client solve so that they hire you to help with a larger problem? That's usually how it works, right? Most consultants, coaches have some kind of free uh, discovery call where they talk to the client, listen to the problem, and then offer a very specific solution for that small problem. And they say, well, here's, I give you the blueprint. Now here is, you know, if you want to work with me, I can take you from A to Z, give you guaranteed results, et cetera, et cetera. Here's, here's how much it costs. And, you know, you take somebody through that same journey that you went through, but of course you take them there, you take them <laughs> to the results much, much faster you take them there with, without all that stress, without all the craziness, and that's what they pay you for. That's when they give you great testimonials and reviews and so on. But how do you figure out your ideal client? This is, this is actually the lifeblood of the business. Right? You need to know exactly who is your ideal client because otherwise you have no focus, you have no specialization, people don't associate you with anything specific, which means you're lost. You're lost in the sea. <coughs> So in order to figure out your um, ideal clients, you need to do um, a persona chart. You need to go extremely deep about, let's say, a client that you helped that was just an extraordinary um, experience for both of you, right? You really enjoyed working with that kind of person, and you need to name who they are. You need to give them uh, an age. You need to give them a profession, certain spending power, certain habits, where they buy their coffee, where they go on vacation, go extremely, extremely deep. Because when you have a person and you say, okay, Mike is 35, he's VP at a large bank, and, uh, you know, uh, he's very upset uh, about being stuck in the role because he feels he has so much more to contribute, and he loves tech, he reads, you know, Forbes Inc., Fast Company, whatever, and he wants to go to tech. He wants to get, um, let's say, a finance position, a director of finance at a fintech startup, okay? Extremely specific. But you know exactly where this Mike, this ideal client, hangs out, right? What groups is he part of on LinkedIn or Facebook? How do you access that person through marketing? How do you get that person on an email list? How do you get them to sign up for a discovery call? And then what is the language and psychology you need to have in order to enroll them in your program? And of course, then how do you help them throughout that process to get them their desired result? This, I believe, is kind of the shortest way to sum up what it's like to be a coach and consultant and how, how to go from you have you know, no specialization and no clients to something specific. I mean, that's pretty impressive. You were able to wrap that up in like, what, 10 minutes or something like that and cover basically all the details of what you need to go out there and market yourself, find the positioning and everything like that. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. <clears throat> so, now, did you, you didn't cover how to grow that and build it to be even bigger, have you? Well, that's, that's next level stuff. So, you need to <laughs> get... You just need to make the money first, right? For sure. You need, to, you need to get your foot in the door. You need to get revenue going. You need to find where these people hang out that are your ideal clients. 
Then when you're at the next level, of course, you need to create premium packages, right? So you're not just helping them with a resume or interview prep, but you're really taking them from sitting in that bank to sitting in their dream job with a clear action plan at a fintech startup, which is, I don't know, Series A and VC funded. Okay. Yeah. Uh, after that, you and this is not after. This is not a clear definition. When you're at this stage, you're constantly doing a lot of different things. So you need to do content marketing. You need, you need to get into top publications like Forbes, Inc., Fast Company, frankly, anywhere that'll take you, so you can potentially go viral. You can get your message out there. You need to go on Facebook and become mem- a member of groups like Influencer Inc. and um, Maybe if your customers are millennial uh, entrepreneurs, then millennial go-getters or, you know, this kind of hustler, this kind of podcaster, whatever it is, right? Podcasting for me has been really a very, very big one uh, because it helps me tell my story, right? It helps me to tell it concisely and clearly. And uh, my story is my lead, as I mentioned, right? So for me to go out there and talk to groups of people that are focused on getting that certain kind of result is excellent for getting clients. And, um, you know, you grow your influence, you start thinking about ways to leverage your time because, of course, as a consultant or coach, it's all about the time. And you're limited to, you know, X number of hours a week. So beyond that, you start building online courses, you start doing workshops, you start doing live events. Uh, You might want to do corporate consulting for training, um, you know, speaking engagements, writing a book, doing a book tour, so on and so forth. And, you know, yeah. this is this is not terribly novel stuff. If you look at what guys like uh, Tony Robbins did, right? He did this even at a much earlier stage, because you know, a while ago. You have guys like Tim Ferriss, you have guys like Ramit Sethi, I mean, uh, James Altucher, right? They, they all went through their own particular crazy journeys, and they, they learned... You know, what What does the wave look like? How do I ride it? And how do I get ahead of it? But, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's beyond. That's that's really two levels, three levels ahead. So first you have to establish something unique about yourself. You know, I hate to use the word niche because it's, it's overused and it doesn't mean much anymore, but you need a specialization. You need something where people associate you with creating better outcomes in this, you know, with uh, growing a business or with changing careers or with... You know, uh, getting uh, married, uh, finding your, you know, finding your mate in life, whatever. And beyond that, you can you can start expanding into other things. But if you do that too soon or up front, you're nobody in your face list. Nobody knows about you. That's a great way so, to get nowhere. So we've covered a great outline to basically go out there and build your own consultancy. And now you basically have pretty much everything you need to know to really go out there and crush it in your business. If you have any questions, you could always reach out to Yuri. You could always reach out to me. We're always here to help. You can find me at Mr. Leonard Tim on Twitter. You can find uh, Yuri at... Master um, the Talk and masterthetalk.com. You can also email me directly at uh, Yuri, Y-U-R-I, at masterthetalk.com. Always happy to talk. Perfect. And thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.